Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports. From college football to NASCAR, we've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime. How about that for a matchup? You trust your receiver against one of the best DBs in the country. Penix. What's the other direction down? Save! It's intercepted by Sanders too! Mikey Sanders too has a couple of blockers! A cowboy! Michigan! Set up inside the turn! Mikey Sanders too! Biggest play of this defense tonight! Welcome, everyone, to Reckless Speculation. We are live on January the 11th, 2024. Obviously, this has been a huge sports week. We have um, Nick Saban retiring, and we are going to get to that. I promise we're going to get to it quickly. But look, that's huge news. But you know what? Not very often. Do we get to see our teams win the championship? So we are going to let Brandon Chain introduce Tom Sloan, a little Ohio State Buckeye, introducing the national champions, Tom Sloan. Let's get it over with. Welcome, (laughs) Tom, and congratulations. (laughs) Oh, it's so sweet. How sweet uh, it is! <laughs> uh, well, yes, Tom. Congratulations! Um, it is wild. I've uh, mm. in my adult life, I have not experienced what you've experienced, and so let's. Mm. Uh, and a lot of, uh, especially our Tennessee viewers, <laughs> are in that same boat. Uh, tell us what were you, what were your feelings throughout the game? I know mm. you had a bunch of people at the speakeasy. What was the mood there, and how did you feel throughout the whole game? Well, I tell you what, uh, the nerves set in when we talked in our pre, uh, pregame show. Uh, the nerves set in early early in the morning, and uh, driving into work, listening to the radio, and then driving home, hearing all the uh, prognosticators, you know, who's going to win, this and that. It just – all you heard was, can Michigan stop that Washington offense? And, and I, I'm not going to lie to you, I was nervous. I was real nervous. Uh, the Alabama game, I, I had no expectations. I, I honestly, I didn't think Michigan was going to win. And after that game, I'm like, there's a chance here. Um, so my nerves were killing me. That game started, and it was just like somebody was punching me in the gut the whole way uh, into the fourth quarter. And then, uh, fortunately, Michigan turned that corner about eight minutes left, got a touchdown, and, and everything changed, and uh, uh, the rest was history. But – uh, the anxiety levels were very high, uh, especially the amount of 
failed third down attempts that Michigan had, but in the end, their their power came through, and and the defense really put the clamps on on um, Penix, which you know, the last probably five minutes, you the the weight lifted off my shoulders, and it was very surreal because. Uh, being a Monday night, I had to be up early the next morning for work. So I felt like cheated. And mm-hmm. and I know that sounds silly, but I didn't get to really celebrate a whole lot. Uh, my my wife, uh, she wasn't feeling good, so she got bit by the flu bug. So she was in the house. Uh, so I tried to contain my emotions as much as I could. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, those games should be played on a Saturday night. I don't care. That's Monday night national championship game kind of sucks. But, um I was, you know, I remember 97 well, uh, the co-champions with Nebraska, the Charles Woodson team, which they were unbelievable. Thank Tennessee for that. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> but for, so this is the first outright championship Michigan's had in what, since the 50s or 60s? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think it was 48. That blew my mind. Yeah, the Eisenhower administration. So it's, um, it's crazy. And, and, and today's college football the way it is uh for them to uh, assemble the team that they had that stayed together for as long as they did i think uh that was a true testament so definitely uh great feeling around here they're having a a celebration at um at the basketball arena on saturday which should be interesting because they're they're calling for about a foot of snow so i don't know how that's going to play off but uh it's awesome awesome feeling and uh it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine fan, that's for sure. Uh, so I, I uh, fortunately or unfortunately for where I live and the group of people that I keep around me, um, I have a lot of Alabama fans in my life, and um, they talk about now on the, and we'll get to this, the, the end of their dynasty, hopefully, but they talk about those early Saban years with Urban at Florida and having to Saban built it, finally got past Urban, and then went on a run. And they talked about the climb of, as a fan, the climb of the mountain about how what it was like. And there was so used to losing and so used to disappointment, then breaking over the edge and then getting there. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about what that's been like as a fan. Because I haven't experienced it. So. Well, well, Brandon knows uh, – 11 straight years, Michigan losing to Ohio State, seven straight to Urban Meyer. Um, times were tough. Times were tough in the you know early 2010s around here. Michigan fans, it, this was a, a, a Spartan state there for a little while when they were going on their run with Coach D. Antonio. Um, so kind of experiencing that, which Michigan kind of – was that way in the Cooper era, they dominated them. So I kind of got to live both sides of that, that rivalry, especially with my dad being a Buckeye fan. Um, but getting over that hump three years ago, I, it, that was the epitome, in my opinion, that, that, that win was a unexpected and, and B just so uh, revitalizing as a Michigan fan, you know, Harbaugh coming in all the hype, the recruiting just never seemed to get it going. Could never win the big game. So that and was and took and took a pay cut. Took a pay the- cut. He took a pay cut four years ago so he could yeah. bring in the right assistants. 
which turned out to be the difference in how this team developed. So getting over that hump was round one. And I, I think you, in order for them to not look like it was a fluke, they had to do it in year two and year two was on the road. So that to me was more uh, of a amazing win. We'll say to go on the road uh, in that atmosphere. Unfortunately, Brandon was in the house for that game. Um, so <laughs> I felt his pain, but um, that kind of told me that this, this program's really moving. So, but they could never get that big college football playoff win. They were 0-2 heading into this year. So I think a lot of Michigan fans were, were feeling like this, this can't happen for a third year in a row. This just can't happen. And the, the emotions that they went through, the adversities, whether they cheated or not, I, I, we're not, we're not going down that road today. Um, they got over it. In, in every corner they turned, there was an obstacle and they went through it. So Alabama was was definitely the next key. And everyone was saying there's no way they beat the mighty Alabama. And they 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 took care of them pretty easily when, when you look at it. There was the score doesn't didn't necessarily represent the game, but and then here we go. I my opinion and my opinion at the pregame show was once they got over that hump against Alabama. They got that win. I felt like it was Michigan's to lose. And um, just uh, going back, the emotions of the Rich Rod era and, you know, the the horrible losses. They lost at home to Toledo. I mean, there, there's been some bad losses in this run. And Harbaugh, as much as I, I, I will be the first one to admit I'm not the biggest fan, he did it right. He he went out and got those coaches that knew how to coach these kids, and everything changed uh, four years ago. So um, it's been a hell of a ride. It it, it was exhausting, and in that championship uh, felt damn good. But uh, I mean, to me, it started three years ago when they beat Ohio State. That was the beginning, and um, it kind of paved the way to where we are today. I still miss the Brady Hoke, no headset, short sleeves, just like an you, idiot out there. You know, Brady Hoke was a hell of a recruiter. He just couldn't coach to yeah. save his life. So, um, so t- before we get to Brandon, uh, and this is how just crazy this week has been, I wrote these questions, topics yesterday at about 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for Jim Harbaugh? Now there's news that's breaking uh, maybe it's not so much of a toss up, or, or, or no, no, not a toss up. We all leaned Monday. We all said he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this mean for him now, Tom? Well, if anyone out there hasn't heard, uh, the the president of the NCAA came out and said Michigan won the championship, quote, fair and square, uh, which was interesting to me. Uh, does that mean? that there's a possibility that whatever's done is done. Does he maybe come back and go into next year without the threat of, of suspensions? I, I think that that quote kind of is an open-ended quote. We're not really sure what it means, but according to some sources that are close to the, the Harbaugh family, he prefers to stay at Michigan. What that means, nobody knows. Um, he loves the school. And you could see it in 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 you know the post game and, and the way he he spoke on the the stage, 
his love for for the school, his love for those kids. Um, so does he come back? Does does he stay? Uh, we all know he's had uh, ambitions of going and winning a Super Bowl. Uh, and and he's been outspoken about a particular player whose team is avail- available in the Chargers. But um, I think it all weighs on what the NCAA is going to do. And and if I'm reading those tea leaves with that quote, it, I, I take it as maybe they're not going to pursue the inv- investigation and they're just going to let bygones be bygones. If that's the case, I can see him coming back. Um, and then here's another caveat. I believe J.J. McCarthy's coming back. And if J.J. McCarthy comes back, I definitely think you see Harbaugh. If the threat of suspension is gone, he'll be back in Ann Arbor as well. Yeah, I I, I think so. I think uh, McCarthy's coming back too. Uh, Brandon, so you live, even though Buckeye fan, you live in SEC country, you know what it's like when the SEC teams – or in the playoff or in the championship game. Uh, it drives me crazy, but it's the SEC pride. Uh, you're sitting there watching this game. I think you were watching it with some Michigan fans. Um, were you going for the big, the, the, the current Big Ten, or are we going for the future Big Ten? <laughs> um, I was going for the future Big Ten. There's just – I just don't have it in me as a Buckeye to root for the team up north there. That's just not in my blood. I'm happy for Tom. I was happy for my buddy. Uh, but rooting for that team, no no way. Um, ironically enough, when we won our championship uh, in 2014, all roads lead through Alabama and then uh, – Pac-12 team to oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, throw the cherry on top. So ironic a little bit, but um, you know, once you beat Bama, apparently you beat the King, and and you're done. So uh, now, congrats to to you guys. Um, it'll just make us beating you next year that much sweeter. <laughs> it, that that is an interesting parallel. How. Uh, thinking back on that now, I didn't put that together. You said that. I think both years, and I wish I would have thought about this Monday when I was betting. Um, back in fourteen, we expected a letdown after beating Alabama, and that didn't happen. And the same thing happened. I mean, at least I was at least like, "Oh, mm-hmm. there's going to be a letdown." You just with all the hype, yeah, yeah, yeah. just because just how much oxygen Alabama takes off the room. Um, what were your thoughts on the matchup and how the game played out? Um, underwhelming. I thought I thought Washington would be a little better on offense, and I I actually took the over in this game. I thought it was going to be a bit more of a shootout kind of scoring. Uh, I think we talked about that on Bet Your Nuts. I mean, I had the over, and I had Michigan winning, but um, by the time I bet it, I got. Washington at plus six, which I had then. I felt really good about that. So, and then I, I did a dumb parlay where I had Washington plus six, Michigan money line, and the over, which, which was a, uh, oops, is a plus 900, which would have, would have been a nice little hit. But, um, yeah, obviously, it didn't you got one of those way. three. 
<laughs> yeah, I still lost. <laughs> I bet each separately, but uh, yeah, came out came out under. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna need a we're gonna need a disclaimer, Tom, on my bet your nut section because I went over two on Monday. So, <laughs> nope i yeah. took I took the uh, the under on that one. I I, um, I thought we were gonna see uh, yeah. a couple different squads that night. Yeah, I just I I had the game pictured in my head where penix was going to be able to score a little bit more and that just didn't happen so obviously the over was just nowhere in sight um, um and, and just the the domination of the offensive line there for michigan was just incredible brandon we're fans of a team that drafts quarterbacks seems every draft um to no avail but was this just a bad night at the office for Penix, or mm. was this exposure? He looked rattled. He, he left the he left the game clutching his stomach. I don't know. If, I didn't up. see. I didn't see. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. ribs, what I heard. Um, but man, he missed some open throws. Yeah, he, I think he was nervous, and I think he was. Um, head on a swivel constantly. He could not get comfortable in the pocket. Um, he wasn't stepping into throws. He's thrown off his back foot. It was not what we've seen out of Penix, but it's also not what we've seen out of PAC 12 defenses either. Um, he hasn't faced a defense this good or a pass rush that good. So that was in the back of his mind. I'm sure. Um, you know, he did play in the Big Ten in at Indiana, so he knows a little bit about that. But, it, you know, he didn't play long enough. He got hurt. So, he, it, it's just hard to say. I think I think the talent level is was just too hard to match for Washington. And, uh, again, when they manhandled Alabama, I was like, Phew. This team is is the real deal. It's you know it's hard because we see them every year and it's a rival game and mm. you know it's always back and forth and you know yeah. we both have really good athletes on each side but um, until you face outside of the conference it's hard to you know measure up to see what you are nationally and I think we we kind of know that the the SEC and the Big Ten are still physically dominant over most other conferences. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same question about Jim Harbaugh, but I, I want, I want to just, Tom got me thinking about this question. Um, he talked to the Vikings. I believe it was last year. He did not get an offer from the Vikings. No, I haven't heard any rumblings from the Titans talking about it. Is, is there something that may be off with him? Like is like, we all assume he wants to go to the NFL are we certain the NFL wants him? Are you asking me? Brandon. Oh. Um, that's a really good question. I, You know, it, it it's starting to look like it's not. You know, this is more media-driven and, uh, you know, clickbait than, than actual facts here. Um, so, who knows? Maybe yeah. that was his ultimatum. If the suspension was still lingering, potentially, then he's like, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going to put Michigan through this. I'm going to the NFL. But 
Yeah. Well, Tom, quickly before we move on, are you? I mean, like, because I keep seeing all these interviews. Like, I know the championship just ended, but I haven't necessarily. I mean, I hear a lot of analysts being like, "Oh, he'd be a good fit there," but I haven't seen anyone actually link him anywhere. No, th- there was a there was a report that came out last week. I forget where that said that uh, before the start of last year. He made a comment. I think this came from um, uh, PFF.com that he quoted that he really liked a lot of the young quarterbacks in the NFL, specifically Justin Herbert. So that is the only real uh, comment that that he's been quoted as saying that has any relation to any of these available jobs. And as far as Harbaugh goes in the NFL, he's got a reputation. He's got a pretty bad reputation, yeah. Um, and it stemmed obviously for what happened in San Francisco. What he did in San Francisco, he took a team that was head coached by Mike Singletary that was just horrible, and he turned them around. And in, in I think in four years, he won three NFC uh, titles, uh, West titles, took them to the Super Bowl. So um, you can't deny his ability to coach, but his. I think his desire for control, and and you're starting to see a lot of teams shy away from that. Hence, uh, the NFL goat Bill Belichick uh, leaving today. Um, I think there's a lot of teams are going for that separation and, between the coach and and, and, and let me let me, I'll say it, and this is reckless speculation at its finest. Don't forget who the quarterback was that with Harbaugh that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're like, so Colin Kaepernick yeah. and Harbaugh, were they viewed as the villains? And, and is I, that just, Hey, we're not welcoming that back. Our, I our, think that's over. I think all that's over. No, no, it, it, it's over the media, but the, the own, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why no owner has signed Kaepernick. There's a reason why. Well, with a lot of the positions open, I think if he really wanted to make that leap, he would be there, especially after winning a national championship. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, if, if, if he's that's willing another. to go and the Titans don't take him, then – well, look, I, I heard rumors that he I heard rumors that he signed a, a representative or an agent yeah. that four, is four well known ago, in the NFL. Four weeks yeah, ago. I, he, I think that was a filler, filler to see should I test this or not. But anyway, he signed with Don Yee, who is a uh, he represents um, Tom Brady, represents Sean Payton. Yeah. He's a, he's known for NFL contracts. That happened about four or five weeks ago. So. Right. Um, it, it, it it's going to be interesting in, in light of everything that's happened yeah. in the last couple of days. Um, I don't think a decision is going to be made anytime soon. I don't think you can count either one out him staying or being the next head coach. It's, of it's 50, 50 in the NFL. Yeah. All right. From the best team in college football of the year to the best college football coach that has ever done it. Um, I don't think that's, Arguable, maybe it is. I don't think it is, but maybe it is. Uh, Nick Saban calls it a career, seven national championships. Um, Tom, how shocked were you at this news? Well, I'm not shocked because two things. I heard about probably a good month, month and a half ago, uh, he he started becoming very outspoken of the way 
the state of college football has become. Uh, he, he's been very critical of the portal. He's been very critical of NIL and how it's changed kind of the landscape. And then uh, twofold, he did a lot of things very unconventional this year as far as off the football field goals. Um, he became a regular guest on the Pat McAfee show uh, every Thursday, I believe. And here's a guy who very, very private, and, and he was not friendly with the media. He never really wanted to give them a whole lot of time. Um, so he seemed to be more available and more wanting to be a part of the media landscape. So to me, that said that here's a guy on his way out, maybe planning for his next move, his next career. Uh, all indications are he's got a job lined up at ESPN. So he, he, he wasn't that mysterious, um, very short answered Nick Saban that I think we've all come accustomed to. Very similar to how Bill Belichick was. Only told you what what you he wanted you to mm-hmm. know. Um, so he was very you know colorful when it came to Pat McAfee. It's amazing um, he chose that platform to kind of go on a regular basis. But he showed signs to me that this this is kind of a different road he's taking, and clearly. The team he had this year underachieved, yet they made it to the uh, college football playoffs. But um, I think it's just it was his time to go. And and um, whether it was his choice or not, I, I kind of like Bill Belichick. I don't know if it was 100% his choice. But oh, no, uh, it, it 100% well. I can – Yeah, I, you, made a, well. you made a comment yesterday in the text thread that um, – Miss Terry might be sick, and and that kind of came out a little bit today. Which he's very close to his wife, and and yeah. and and if that's the case, you know, hopefully she's okay. And and if he he, he, he got on ESPN with Reese Davis today and said not n- neither him nor her are sick. So he kind of that that rumor was flying around. Yeah, <coughs> I think he squashed it. Well, so he used the word, or at least the press release used the word retired do you think that's the case coach coaching obviously yes, yeah. he's got a job at espn or, or, or fox whatever he wants to do he'll be broadcasting or something and running his mercedes dealerships whatever but he's um, yeah. not coaching anymore <laughs> so brandon uh and we've we've discussed this uh uh on previous show several years ago how i think urban meyer is the second best coach of all time um nick saban seven national championships two schools 11 and one in sec title games no one that's ever played for him for four years left without a championship um yeah it is crazy uh I think we can all concede he's the greatest college football coach of all time. Um, where does he rank in the coaching, I guess, Mount Rushmore? Is he on there, or where does he rank in your mind? Yeah, he is um, arguably ahead of Belichick, in my opinion. I agree. Um, because, you know, Belichick had – what one quarterback that he won these Super Bowls with? Uh, how many did Saban win them with? <laughs> yeah. Um, Saban left on his own terms. Belichick 
mutually parted ways and is still actively looking to coach. Uh, Saban is going to actively retire from coaching. Both 72. So, so you take those facts into account. I think that speaks for itself. Um, he could, he could still coach and be in contention for a national championship next year. Um, no question in my mind, but Belichick, since he lost Brady, has been struggling uh, quite a bit. So a uh, big difference there. Now I know it's different NFL uh, and college, but again, NFL guys are supposed to be more polished for the most part. And, you know, you got the free agency with veterans and, and all that. And these are kids you're bringing into coach in college and you're, you're, molding them and shaping them and teaching them and you continue to produce national championships. Um, that speaks for itself in my opinion. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Gio RM uh, was on there saying he thinks, I think it was last night, thinks Saban's the greatest coach in the history of sports because of <clears throat> the nature of college and you win with, you have to win with different people and win over mm-hmm. again. Exactly. It got me thinking. Um, if he doesn't leave LSU, he may be on top of John Wooden. Very well, could be. He's got seven. LSU has two without him. And if he's not at Alabama, how many more does LSU have? Like, that's a scary proposition. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, could you figure both SEC, the kids yeah. that would have gone to LSU, went to Alabama. He would have recruited there, yeah. And, and yeah. they went to Alabama, not because it's Alabama. They went there because of Nick Saban. And mm-hmm. they wanted to go to the school that is going to produce NFL uh, players. Well, he, he had a system and a formula. And before the transfer portal and NIL, it was nothing but a factory of producing – you know, NFL star, like he had what 44 first round draft picks, um, Jesus. only lost 29 games in his tenure there. Like, yeah, there was a stat there, like, I think it was 2.29 billion dollars of NFL money attributed to saving coach players over mm-hmm. his 17 years there. Yeah, now listen, he was also not only a great recruiter, he was. Uh, a great recruiter in his um, coaching schemes and coaches as well. Like he, he did really well, you know, finding talent on that side of the ball as well to help coach these kids. And he attributes a lot of credit to his coaches and you can look at the saving tree and see what they're doing. Uh, You know, back-to-back champ Kirby smart, uh, you know, Dan Lanning, you know, list goes on and on. Yeah, Lane Kiffin, Lane Stark. Kiffin, Stark. Uh, I mean, there's, it's just like the Belichick tree and then the Kyle Shanahan tree, you know. Yeah. They're just, you get these fabulous coaches that are so intelligent in the game of football and you watch them, these younger minds just branch out and flourish. And I think that's what, you want to see as a coach. That's another credit to you and, and what you've done, you know, not just with the kids, but with other coaches in their careers. Yeah. Look at, look at how many coaches that 
he brought in that were kind of left in the trash heap that mm-hmm. couple season in Alabama, boom, re reassess their resume and, and they go on to have, you know, huge careers as a head coach. So it, minus Butch Jones, you know, you got to miss one. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so it's well, not just the players, like you said, Brandon, it's, it's the players and coaches. Yeah, it's just, just the entire, you know, well, uh, football world. Uh, I meant to say the staff got um, at LSU and Alabama. So he has a four and one record against Alabama, but he has a winning record against every single SEC school. And I think the greatest thing, the greatest attribute you could give him, even beyond the seven S championships, was my God, he was a program destroyer. And what I mean by that, Arkansas, he's wrecked Tennessee, he's wrecked Auburn, he's wrecked Florida, he's wrecked LSU. Like everyone's trying to, has been trying to catch this program. And with everyone has endless resources in the SEC. And the Big Ten for that, like, but like, and then we just keep stumbling over ourselves trying to catch him. And we never, we beat him once in six, one time in seventeen years, uh, and that was a three point last minute field goal. It's it's insane that, how that how field goal ended up in the river, like that, how, how dominant he was in this yeah. conference and eleven and one in the SEC. And the one he lost, he avenged the championship game, like just insane. Yeah, it's um, it, you, but, I don't think you'll ever see another run. Yeah, like but that. I'm wearing my orange because I th- th- Tom won his championship on Monday. I won mine yesterday. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> his last game, he lost to Michigan. Uh, yeah, green. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we, we can carry that as the the team that ended Saban's career. Go blue. Yes. Woo. yes. Um, <laughs> All right, so so we're running along. But all right, one like, do you have to be insane to take this job, the Alabama job? I wouldn't want to follow it. You, uh, who was it? Mad Dog uh, Russo, Chris Russo said you got to go back and look who followed. Um, oh man, who was the? Um, I'm not an SEC guy. Who was the legendary coach at Alabama? Bear Bryant. Uh, Bear Bryant, Bear Bryant. The, the the guy that followed Bear Bryant, he he was not successful. So you got to know coming in that a it's a rabid f- program, rabid fan base, and they're going to expect championships from day one. So. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Successful is defined by winning the whole thing. Like that's yeah. successful. Yeah, that's the successful bar. Is not bar is Final Four. Yep. Like, <laughs> hey, and you heard Saban say that several times in his press conferences again. Yeah. To people like you, you guys are not happy. Like, it's so funny. It's like they got so spoiled um, winning national championships. But you're right. I think they need a buffer. I think they need somebody like higher within, maybe off sacrificial lamb, like just sacrificial lamb, like two year deal, get in, get out, you know, and then start all over. Because I mean, the only guy I think crazy enough to take this job would be Lane Kiffin. But if he's making Mm -hmm. nine million at Ole Miss. Why would you go to Alabama for eleven million, knowing you're gonna get fired in three years? Nine million at Ole Miss with fifteen starters he just plucked out of the transfer portal. So, um, yeah, he should stay. 
Yeah. Now, uh, Norvell, FSU is interesting, but those allegations just came down at an odd time. Yeah. So does Alabama right. want that coming to campus? Probably not. And then, uh, LeVar, Le, oh God, I can't, the Washington coach. DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. Does he go? Does he want? I mean, he just here's, for the championship. Here's the interesting thing with DeBoer. He's, the buyout's $12 million, but they did do some negotiating for an extension before the start of this season. Nothing was signed. So I think that move probably makes the most sense. Uh, because of the fact that there is no extension in place. I, do you want to leave Seattle with job security to go to Tuscaloosa in that pressure? Heading into the Big Ten, which some might say could be an easier um, road for them. But I'm going to give you a name, Robbie, and you might like it. And I heard it tonight. And I think this makes all the sense in the world. Urban Meyer. He's got the wherewithal. He's got. The I said that yesterday. Oh, you he's, said that yesterday. I did. I um, sent it on our other group chat, but yeah, he's... I I think looking at the recruiting aspect of this, you're going to be able to probably pull some of those recruits that have already hit the portal and be able to pull them back and keep some of the. Um, the kids that are coming in. I, I think if you want to keep that train rolling, Alabama doesn't care about decency. They don't. No. no. They're not in the the, the the state that Michigan State was. They couldn't afford, you know, negative publicity. Alabama just wants to win. And if you want to just win, Urban Meyer's your guy. I I think that's who you sign, and it's going to be able to keep that, that uh, elephant moving on the track. <laughs> you like that, it. I know you do. That would be uh, so intriguing. Uh, and, and why wouldn't Urban Meyer want to do that? He took Utah. He took Florida. He oh, you know this. State. I mean, I mean, I mean. It, it, if if this job, if, if this job was offered to Urban, yeah, this is your reclamation. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, go in, take it. Yeah, win a championship or two. Jacksonville's forgotten. Now you have five. Yeah. I mean, Urban could come in here right now. With what Saban is built, to be ready to win pocket. a championship or two, brought boom, boom, boom. Year one, yeah. Um, oh god, I hope that doesn't happen. Hate here's, to see a, that. here's a dark horse. I'm gonna throw a name out too. Is a dark horse. What happens if the the coaching train that got Saban to Alabama comes into play with Brian Kelly? What if Brian Kelly leaves LSU to go to Alabama? Well, he can take his family up to Tuscaloosa <laughs> and, and, and be the replacement. Wouldn't well, that be something? Two well, LSU coaches go from LSU to Alabama. So the weird thing about this job is since Saban retired, um, I don't know how the contracts were with his assistants, but – I mean, but I mean, it, it's like you just you don't even need new assistance. Just you come in and take this ship and run with it. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to buy out their old coach. And so these 12, 20 million dollar buy, I mean, it's they've got the money. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. They can buy out whoever they want. It's just buyouts aren't a problem. It, it's yeah. about the willingness of someone to, go to come there. to them. Like, 
you know, Sarkeesian's name's getting thrown around, but they're moving to the SEC. That would just be a lateral move, in my opinion. Well, and and yep. like, and you've got job security, Texas. If you miss the, and they have more money than God. Like, 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 not more money than Texas A and M, though. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> they got uh, I, they got I, plenty. Oh yeah. But, so yeah, I don't see that. I, that's just a you know another name they've thrown out there. So, and so, Dabo, there's no chance so, on Dabo. No, Dabo he, will be Dabo will well, get eaten well, alive in the SEC without the transfer Dabble. portal nil. He he will not adapt. He can't adapt to it. So yeah. if, there's no chance on him. Um, but like you guys said, Norvell, I think would jump at it. Uh, Kiffin. I think it would be dumb for him to come be the sacrificial lamb because he's almost ruined his career after Tennessee and USC. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Urban Urban is very intriguing. I threw that out there yesterday to our other crew, and uh, I, I was chuckling as I did it. But, you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, man, if he was offered the job, that little snake would take it too. <laughs> oh, yo, God. Well, it- he is so narcissistic. He would think he's, you know, the well, he'd want to, he'd want to find something that Saban didn't do, and he'd want to. Yeah, the, the only, the only thing though, I, I, I wonder how much because, like, obviously Jimmy Sexton, the the mega agent out of Memphis, controls a lot of this. I wonder how much Saban is going to get a say in this. I don't think if if there is a say, I don't think Saban would sign off on Meyer. Oh, you don't think so? I, I'm willing to bet that Saban has a huge say and has given him given the school his recommendations. Uh, all right, so real quick, who, who, do you, who do you think it, who do you think it's gonna be, Brandon? I think I think it could be like uh, somebody within, like maybe OC. Um, I, I think some of these people might be a little too scared to take the job. Tom, who do you got? This is, the biggest, this is the biggest job opening yes. in it, it, 30 it, it, years. There's a part of me that thinks another SEC coach that coaches just south of there would love to take that spot. Kirby you think Smart. it's going to be Kelly? Oh, no. Kirby no. Smart. You don't think he'd leave? No, he's a Georgia him. alum. He's built, he's built Alabama and Athens. Okay. okay. Um, um, I'll give I'll give you two names that I do think gets some uh, buzz. Um, Don't tell me Josh Apple. No, Mark Stoops has built a consistent team at Kentucky. Give him yeah. talent, see what he can do. And Eli Drakowitz or whatever Drakowitz it is from, from Missouri. Missouri. He he. Now has- there's a buffer. There's yeah, your he's got he's he's coached in the SEC. He has won. Probably not going to be the main guy, but he'll take it and he'll be your sacrificial lamb. I, I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kalen DeBoer, and one of the big reasons why it's DeBoer, like I said earlier, the contract situation makes sense. Yeah, um, it's not the extension is not signed. It hasn't been offered. And you mentioned his name a minute ago. Jimmy Sexton is his agent. Yes, and, that, that, that's the key. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton is Nick Saban's agent. Um, and I think when you're playing the agent game, um, there's a lot of 
uh, behind the scenes that happened. He, that he was he was there today. Uh, Jimmy Sexton was in Tuscaloosa today, already talking to the athletic. So it's gonna. Be, I don't know who reps, but it's gonna be a Jimmy Sexton guy. When I, Lanning I when that. Lanning pulled his name out, which there was no way Lanning was gonna leave Phil Knight money on the table like that. And don't don't mm-hmm. be surprised if you see a mega extension handed to Dan Lanning. I know he just signed one recently. Look for another one just so the fact that they don't nobody comes out looking for him. So yeah. but Kalen DeBoer I think is a it's a good choice. He's he's a good coach. He 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 turned Washington around. He's won everywhere he's been. Oh yeah if you if you if you can do that with Washington you get Alabama's resources. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um all right so uh we are running long that's okay we're gonna we're gonna do the entire show that's all right with you guys yeah. Um, Keep it rolling. So, from a coach retiring to coaches fired, it was Black Monday in the NFL this week, and um, some and Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Black Week, I guess. Now the storm clouds are still. Over. Um, we had some obvious ones that were gone. We had some surprises, and we had another <laughs> goat. I don't know if it was officially fired, but he definitely wanted to stay and he didn't stay. Um, and so, again, news is changing. When I typed this yesterday afternoon, we had a top six jobs opening. Now we have eight. But um, as of yesterday, USA Today rated the jobs Chargers, Commanders, Falcons, Panthers, Raiders. Our lovely Titans. And then since then, though, we have had the Seahawks open and the Patriots open. And sorry, uh, Pete Carroll. I'm, it, there's so much going on. I can't even give Pete Carroll his love of how great of a coach he has been over his career. We, we could do a whole coaches show. Um, and, and we'll probably do that this summer. Do a coaches show when things slow down. Um, but so, Tom uh, – what do you think about those rankings um, as far as jobs being available? Chargers, Commanders, Falcons, Panthers, Raiders, and Titans. Well, I think I think since Pete Carroll was relieved of his duties, I think the the Seahawks kind of move into the the number yeah. one slot. You have you have a team, you know, that came fell just short of making the playoffs. You have a quarterback, whether you like Geno or not. You have a hell of a running game, and they've got a pretty good defense and a fan base and ownership that, you know, supports. I mean, look at Pete Carroll was there for an eternity. So um, I think that's a very appealing job. Um, and then you look at you look at the Chargers, and, and I, I'm not too sure how appealing that is outside of Justin Herbert. The Spano family is probably one of the worst uh, owners in, in all of professional sports um they just don't seem to ever get it right and moving to la they did not get it right they lost a lot of their fans so um and justin herbert's been there for three seasons now and four seasons and they just haven't been able to get it done so i'm not too sure how appealing that really is uh of a job uh I, i guess you look at the falcons that's pretty appealing. With no quarterback, though? Uh, no quarterback, but I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that could become available. 
They've got Falcons have weapons everywhere. Yeah, it, they've got mm-hmm. got a running game. They got a passing attack, and they've got a really good defense. So uh, they're the quiet ones and a terrible division. And, and, a, and that's the key. It's a very winnable division. If you had you go out, let's say hypothetically, it's Bill Belichick that goes to Atlanta. They're going to lure some sort of a free agent, in my opinion, or they're going to go and draft someone. So I, I think they're that close. But um, Raiders' job is over. I, I think Antonio Pierce is going to get it. I think the team has made it clear they want him. Um, so the Panthers, I don't know who in their right mind would so want P- it. Pierce, I think, is interviewed for the Titans' job. I, th- yeah, like, yeah. It's, I, it's, been, it's been in limo. It's leverage. Limbo. Um, it's leverage. They made that mistake in not yeah. uh, uh, keeping Rich Basaccia a couple years ago. That took them to the playoffs. It kind of where is where that. where where is he now? He's a special teams coordinator, I think, somewhere in like Green Bay. But um, he's still r- around the league. But I mean, I, I don't know why he's not getting looked at for no. a head. Oh, no, because you know, young, uh, sexy. Uh, Coordinators like we have here in Detroit. That's ah. that's who the these owners want. Perfect segue. Is your young sexy coordinator Ben Johnson? Is he going to be there next year? No, I don't. Um, I I don't see how. I don't see how um, he flirted with it in the NFL last year, unless he has a hankering. To win a Super Bowl in Detroit, if they don't get that far this uh, playoff run, um, does he have any ties to Alabama? You know, I was I was thinking that um, earlier tonight. Would would he make that move to the college ranks? He he kind of fits that profile. He runs he runs a college style offense. It, that would make sense. And um, he did say he wants fifteen million dollars a season in Alabama. Could could that that up. may be the only place he's going to get it? Yeah, but um, uh, I heard that too. But I also heard that rumor was squashed by his agent. Saying it could that, be, and I think he probably was just I mean, saying I mean, Carolina would stop calling. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously he's going to want a, a hefty sum, but and Aaron Glenn's interviewing with the Titans. So um, but Aaron I Glenn and then Brian and then, Callahan, Ben Johnson. Uh, Mike what? McDonald. Uh, yeah, Mike McDonald's got like six six interviews lined up. That's mm-hmm. three years removed, two years removed from the Michigan uh, DC. Which means, yeah. is Jesse Minter going to slide into the Ravens' defensive coordinator? Uh boy, could be bad around here. Go ahead. Um, Tom, I mean, so so far on this Black Monday through Thursday, what's been the biggest surprise for you? Vrabel. I think it's Vrabel. Um, the Amy, whatever her name is, the GM, uh, as early as two weeks ago. Was Not the GM, of, the owner. The yeah. owner, okay. Um, Amy's Adam Schrunk. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of asking his opinion of, of, you know, where they should go. You know, how does he feel about certain players? And so all indications were he, he was in the, the future of the organization and, and, what Vrabel has kind of done for that, not only the team, but the community, I think that's a huge hole. He he was a, a coach that kept that team together. He did a lot with a little, and, and you guys know I'll do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to replace him is, is going to be a, a feat 
and yeah. I, I don't know if you can. Yeah, and uh, this wasn't an intentional segue, but it is a segue. And Tom, feel free to to jump in where you want, but Brandon, and I are just going to have a discussion. What Brandon? What this is Amy's? What when did Bud Adams die? About six, seven mm. years ago, maybe. Yeah, seven, seven or eight, maybe. Um, what do you make of Amy's ownership so far? And obviously, we we have we have bitched and complained about this two billion dollar stadium we're giving her. <laughs> um, what do you make of her ownership right now? Um, it, it reminds me of a duck on water. Like they look all calm and collected at top, but underneath those feet are just turning and they have no clue what direction they're headed. Um, and that's, that's what the Titans are at right now. There's no vision. There's no direction whatsoever. Um, cause they, they couldn't even tell us. In a press conference. She looked like she had no idea what she was talking about that interview. Zero clue. She has no clue. Um, and then she threw, you know, ran Catherine out there as a sacrificial lamb because she didn't want to take the hard questions from, uh, you know, the public media and not the in-house media. She did that interview with Mike Keith just because it was soft questions and it was easy. And then she threw run- and he had no answers for anything. It was just asinine. It was a complete waste of time. They have zero vision, zero direction. And if they do, they need to tell everyone what that is. You can't just blindside everyone and throw Vrabel under the bus like it's all his fault. I was excited. This was going to be the first year that we got rid of all of J-Rob's contracts and bad contracts. We finally had some cap money. We had some draft draft capital. Um, and what he's done with all these free agents and scrub team guys to keep us, you know, able to call ourselves an NFL team has been amazing. I mean, he's a hell of a coach. He's a player's coach. People love him. I don't know what the hell we were doing. And I'm so pissed off about it. And I, I don't know. Well, the – they asked her a question. Is the new coach going to answer to the GM or answer to you? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, who takes that job? I mean, so, I mean, basically, is it just one of these, hey, there's only, like basically the way Dan Snyder used to get coaches, right? There's only 32 of these jobs. You got to take one if you're offered it. But it's like, well, if I'm a serious coaching candidate, if I'm Ben Johnson, for instance, or – um, you know, let's say you go to Kirby Smart or something. If you can't tell me who my boss is, why in the world would I take that job? Like, yeah. And I think that that's a lot of the underlying confusion and headbutting that's been going on in the back rooms. There's been rumors of uh, Vrabel and Ron butting heads or Ran and Amy probably is throwing her hands up in the middle because she – you know, has no answers. Um, and everyone, knows, every GM likes to hire their own guy, right? Because they don't want the blame or they can force blame. Like, well, that's not my coach. You know, he won't listen to me and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So. But, but um, you know, like, just, like, if, like if you're, if you're, 
the cow, if you're looking for a Cowboys coach, if you're interviewing for that job, you know Jerry Jones is your boss, right? Like, there's no question yeah. about it. Like, the GM doesn't matter. Jerry Jones is your boss. And if Amy wants to do that, that's fine. But you you better be confident that's what you want to do. Because if you don't, if you don't know, then mm-hmm. what are you doing? In, in like, well, you know, yeah, the GM is just you know as a figurehead up there. I mean, there's yeah. no point of you know your job really. And, and then, so Tom, is the Titans the worst job of the jobs available? The worst job is Carolina. And and David Tepper, who has fired two coaches midseason, two years in a row, and what he just did in Jacksonville by throwing a drink on a, on a Jacksonville fan. He's probably the biggest shitbag right now, uh, not named Tom Gorris of the Pistons uh, in ownership. So if I'm a coach, if I'm a kind of established coach, I don't go to Carolina because first sign that there's problems, you're going to get fired. And and he has shown that he is quick to pull the trigger. So I would avoid it, it's going to take it's going to take a low level probably coordinator to go in there. Um first time job. Then Johnson's not going there. There's no way mm-hmm. he's yeah. coming from the organization that I can proudly say for the first time in my lifetime ownership is um fantastic um so he's not going to go from where he's at in detroit to carolina so and he's a top three candidate for every job sure absolutely so i i think it's carolina and then and then i would i would say the um i mean i don't know if the patriots the raiders or the titans (laughs) no i I, I, I don't think I, I, the I Patriots are, are, are. I'm a little good. confused why the Commanders are so high. They've got no quarterback Washington. because ownership, the new ownership, um, they're going to have a new stadium. You know that's going to happen. Well, we've got all that. We've got those boys coming too. They've got a great fan base. So I, and I, I've, I've heard Belichick to the Commanders, but yeah, I mean. Uh, roster wise, they're they're abysmal, but for some reason, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um talk about them being one of the better ones. But I, I don't think New England is a, is a hot job either because they're they're not even remotely close to well, and that's a tough division too. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the weakest divisions are the AFC South and the yeah. NFC South, yeah. So, I mean, if, if I'm trying to win, I go to one of those two divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Brandon, what's your dream hire for the Titans? Hmm. You know, Mike Vrabel, I'd like to keep him. You know, to change it up, I would lean maybe on the offensive side. So, uh, of course, Callahan or Johnson, probably. Um, one of those guys. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't even think about it right now. I'm just so, I'm still so pissed off. What about Dan Quinn? Quinn, yeah. I mean, he's. Took the another belt. defensive guy, uh, but 
You know, I, be, I, I, I mean, I, I my dream I'm hire fine. is Jim Harbaugh. Then, so I, I mean, if I'm, I go Jim Harbaugh, make him say no. I go Kirby Smart, make him say no, and then, uh, Ben Johnson. Then I, I think Dan Quinn would be great. I think Quinn would be fine too. I, mean, I think any of those four would be fantastic. I know he's tied to Seattle. Uh, there's there's talk of him to Seattle. Yeah, I mean that that'd be a really good uh, landing spot for him. So realistically, who do we end up with, Brandon? <laughs> who wants to come to Tennessee? <laughs> um, we'll probably end up with like Arthur Smith again or something. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, if we if we have this will be the most Titans move ever is to hire um, the Giants offensive coordinator. <laughs> that would like be the worst move possible. And that's probably what the Titans will do. I think we end up with Cliff Clingsbury. Oh, no. God, no. No, yeah, I mean, it just same, same, same rationale as Brandon. Just a Titans move, just, just well, it's Mike Kefka or whatever uh, his name is. That's that's who we're gonna end up with. Uh, to Alabama. What sacrificial there's lamb? There's your sacrificial lamb. Wait, is that a breaking news? No, I'm saying you mentioned Clingsbury. <laughs> oh, uh, he's a pretty decent college coach. So. Maybe um, I haven't heard that name, but it's out there. All right, boys, let's talk. Let's talk. Do some rapid fire questions about the, the NFL playoffs are here. Um, this is where it really gets exciting, and uh, this this is where a place for all the marbles. We're gonna have some, by all accounts, some rough weather this weekend. Oh God! So Kansas it's City. it's gonna be some elemental ele- football in the elements. Um. First game of the Saturday, Cleveland at Houston. Um, Brandon, how in the hell did these two teams end up in the playoffs? Like the strip. These the strip. these these are these are the two teams that orchestrated the worst. Were kind of weird. Like Bill O'Brien ruined Houston, then somehow Houston ruined Cleveland, and now they're back both in the playoffs. How'd this happen? Well, Cleveland's defense has been solid for quite some time. They've just had quarterback issues. But then they bring in Mr. Joe Flacco, who out of nowhere, off the couch, eating donuts. Modern-day Kurt Warner. Packing groceries and back into the playoffs. Not to mention when they brought him in for a workout, flew coach on Southwest Airlines. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Man, after my there is heart, only I'm a big Southwest. Southwest. Guy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Southwest guy, so yeah, I love that. Brandon just rents uh, out the whole plane when he flies. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I you know, uh, as a hanger. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon, the, Brandon's uh, like, that's my airline. I own it. I don't just yeah. buy it. It's kind of mine. Well, I'm also a partner. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I love Joe Flacco. What he's doing, you know, he's one. Won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. Um, he's a proven veteran, and that's all this team needed was a really good game manager because they've got weapons everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, defense is great. Offensive line solid. Um, they got some weapons on the outside. So, I, I mean, Flacco, that's why. And 
you know, the AFC struggled this year. There hasn't really been a dominant, dominant team in the AFC. And you look at, uh, you know, Miami um, in the NFC, they've been whoa, whoa, but Kansas City, Buffalo, they've been iffy. Buffalo's probably the hottest team right now, but Kansas City's been struggling. Buffalo, you know, is Jack one Hyde for the most part of the season. Um, but yeah, that's how they got there. And then CJ Stroud, obviously, mm-hmm. um, for the Houston Texans. And their draft was phenomenal. D'Amico um, Ryan. Yeah. D'Amico Ryan is great, great. Motivated. right? Yeah, uh, phenomenal uh, scheme. He would be another good candidate that I would consider um, if, if possible for one of these jobs. But yeah, just just I phenomenal. Huh? For the Titans? No, for you know, just one of the open jobs, but not necessarily oh, Titans. We don't need another Houston coordinator. I mean, well, I mean, I wouldn't go to the Titans for the Texans, but uh, no, I wouldn't either. Um, uh, speaking of the billionaires, uh, the, if you're following the Wall Street Journal, the Haslam's have to make a decision pretty quickly to sell to Warren the rest of their pilot shares to Warren Buffett for more billions. Uh, coming here later, so the rich get richer. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, Miami is going to at KC looking like minus. 30 degree wind. Oh, 30 wind chill. There's already uh, a bunch of snow on the ground. Uh, potentially could be the second or third coldest game in NFL history. Um, if that's one way to stop the speed of Tyreek Hill, um, there you go. Or uh, he, he, was, he used to he used to play in that weather though. Yeah, but this is this is. I mean, when you go from South Jaylen Beach, Waddle to South and Tua did not. Tua's from Hawaii, played in Alabama, now yeah. South Florida. But then you you look on the other side. Kansas City's been the most uh, lackluster team in, you know, not named the Philadelphia Eagles in this playoff. So I don't think there's an advantage on either side. The the weather is definitely going to neutralize anything, and it's it's going to come down to. You know, who makes the least amount of mistakes? It's going to be windy. So Tua's throws are going to be affected because he puts a lot of air on his, his balls. So you're going to hope to have that run game. Who's got the better running game? I think Miami has a better running game, per se. But um, it, I'm that game, oh. in that cold, is it, it could, be, could be a huge factor. But, uh, yeah, I mean – both teams are very um, ho-hum this season, so it's fitting that not only, A, they're playing in that weather, and, B, they're playing them on Peacock, where um, there's a lot of people up in arms over that because if you want to see it, you got to pay for it. But uh, but the NFL did it because they have, a, they have a relationship with NBC, and what a better way to get people to sign up. Hey, let's put the Chiefs on primetime Saturday night. Going to cost Oh, you. this is this is already – my my wife at just segment. My wife asked, "Do you want to go out to dinner on, or we go out to dinner with friends on Saturday?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, sure, as long as there's a sports bar or there's TVs, blah blah." <laughs> then I found out it's only on Peacock. Now I'm like, "Well, GD, it now I got to call around and see who's got Peacock." <laughs> anyway, anybody will. Um, will. All right, uh, Steelers of Buffalo. Tom, back to you, real quick. Will this uh, game will this game be played in Buffalo? 
That is true. It could be a neutral site. Uh, massive snowstorm ready to hit uh, West. The, the Steelers, I mean, the Buffalo has been one of the hottest teams in the NFL this last five weeks. Uh, but Mike Tomlin's got his guys back again somehow. Mason Rudolph has yeah. played unbelievable football the last three weeks. Um, if you're, let me ask you, I'm changing the question. If you're Buffalo, do you want to play at home in a snowstorm? Or would you rather go to Cleveland where it's at least cold and windy and not snowy? I don't want anything to do with going to Cleveland because guess what's an hour and a half away Pittsburgh. from Cleveland? Pittsburgh. Guess who travels better than any any team in Oh, we, we in, know. We in know. professional sports. <laughs> Pittsburgh. So I think I do think uh Bill's Mafia travels, but you're gonna have a real heavy Pittsburgh crowd if that's the case. But so I think I think they want to do whatever they can <laughs> to keep that game. In New York, but I don't know that that storm is coming through Detroit, coming through Michigan, starting tomorrow. It's dumping almost two feet on the west side of the state, which gets all that lake effect, and that that will move its way through and head right for Buffalo, which Buffalo gets even worse lake effect snow. So uh, there's a good chance this game gets moved. Um, there's your weather broadcast brought to you by Tom Sloan here on Reckless Speculation. Um, <laughs> Green Bay at Dallas, two iconic franchises, two championship franchises, um, but two franchises that are kind of seeking their new identity. Dallas is the two seed at home. Mike McCarthy, I think, needs to win this game. How bad does he need to win this game, Brandon? Like his life depends on it, like <laughs> literally. Uh, it, I think this is the the last thread, a lifeline that he gets. Uh, if they do not win this game, there's no way in hell that Jerry Jones keeps him around. Uh, he might be fired, and not not even get to take the bus back to the <laughs> locker room. One like, one of two coaches, <laughs> one of two coaches in this playoff run that might not see uh, another game. Yeah. yeah. That is very true. Um, yeah, so it, it's a must-win for Dallas. You know, they, they've they been typical Dallas on some of the games this year, but as of late, they've been fairly solid, um, or at least the midseason they did. Uh, I'm leaning Dallas here, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, it's a definitely must-win for him. Yeah. Tom? Yeah. You know what's coming up. You had your glory on Monday. You have your Lions this weekend on Sunday night. NFC champs, North. But with that hope and with that enthusiasm, (laughs) you also have one of, I would say, and then, at least the Lions that I can think of, besides, you know, Barry Sanders, um, maybe Herman Moore, Calvin Johnson, um, Matthew Stafford's up there with people that love Detroit and and gave their all for Detroit and wanted to win there and coming back um, – well, what, what, what one? What do you expect 
the reception is going to be for Stafford? Do they have, uh, if they have anything planned and what, what, what's, what's just, you're going to be there, right? I'll be there. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, it, it is a, uh, no lose situation, but a no win situation at the same time. It's such a lions thing to have their first home playoff game in 30 years. Yes, you heard me right, 30 years, only to have to go up against their former quarterback of 12 years who, after he goes to L.A., wins a Super Bowl, um, who just so happens to uh, be one of the hotter teams in the NFL with uh, uh, with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams. They've got weapons. So it's it's a tall task for the Lions. Uh the way their secondary has been lately, but there will be a reception for him. Uh, and, and no doubt, I believe Ford field will put, will put on like a pregame ceremony type video on the board and um, uh, try and get Maddie Stafford all up in his fields, kind of get him off his game. Um, 65,000 crazy fans they've had decibel levels up over 120 in ford field it, it, it's been an incredible year thus far uh with fan participation so i it's it's going to be an emotional game uh there won't be many um dry eyes in in, in the stands we'll say um but the bottom line is and he admitted as much he's going in there he's the enemy um this city loves matthew stafford as much as Matthew Stafford loves this city, spent 12 years here. But on Sunday night at 8.15, it, it doesn't matter what he did here. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the opposing quarterback. And there's actually some bars in the Detroit area that have banned number nine Stafford jerseys in uh, in their bar, which has caught the attention of, of one Kelly Stafford, who uh, always finds a way to uh, – make comments whether uh her husband approves or not but uh, she's uh, a little miffed as to why uh the fans would be so down on on matthew but um hey he doesn't play for detroit anymore exactly um, if if they move on you know look back two years when they won the super bowl this city embraced the rams there was t-shirt companies that that put out shirts the detroit rams i thought it was disgusting but um no i mean they'll embrace him until it's kickoff and then they're going to ride him as hard as they can and pump up that team. But um, it's, it's like I said earlier, it's fitting that the lions uh, their first opportunity at this and they got to go up against their former who, you know, his number nine will hang in the the Raptors at Ford field someday. So um, tough, tough task ahead for the lions, but uh, this, this team is built, uh, to withstand a lot of pressure, and they've shown they can do that. So we'll see. Uh, Brandon, do you remember um, did the first time Steve McNair come back to Titans? Was he was it in the playoffs? I remember Against Steve Baltimore. Come, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember Steve coming back, and it, it was it was. I mean, we like same thing. Like we loved him, and yeah. we 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 you know still did all the way to his passing but yeah it, it is it is it's a weird feeling because it's like mm. the crowd's cheering for their team in and, a sense it's, for a it's while. funny because they flashed all the of course you know renewals for next year are already out 
uh, season tickets and and they flashed all the home games. And I said to my wife, I go, oh, they're playing the Rams. I said, uh, that will be an expensive ticket. Hmm. Only to be uh, five hours later, uh, the Rams are coming in. Oh, not next year, next week playoffs, yeah. which by the way, my ticket right now, I could sell for about 1100 a piece, but uh, mm-hmm. priceless as far as I'm concerned. I remember, home, last, home oh, right there. I remember the last home playoff win was in 91 against the Cowboys. They dismantled them. Um, I was, let's see here, I was uh, 13 years old, and I remember like it happened yesterday. So um, I'm not losing that opportunity, that memory. So no. Well, clear. hell, Tom, if there's, if there's only one, of course you'll remember it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's been it's been uh, tough go around here with the Detroit Lions. That's like being in, uh, in the same jail cell for 31 years and be like, I remember what my door looked like. Well, yeah, you only have one. And I was reminded of it um, with the great uh, Amazon Prime documentary, Bye Bye Bear. You know, they highlight that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so <laughs> the last Monday night game, Philly at Tampa. Stupid. Uh, Brandon, is this the game Philly needs to get back on track? They've been, they started off so strong. Um, even though it's a playoff game, <laughs> it's in warm weather, it's against the team that won the worst division. Baker Mayfield starting on the other side. Like, is this what Philly needs to kind of get some confidence going back? Assuming they win, they could lose. I don't know what your take on it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what my take on Philly is either anymore. I mean, have you seen them lately? Good Lord. What in the hell is going on? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it would not shock me at all if Tampa Bay wins this game. I mean, it it really wouldn't. But, yes – Philly, in order to move forward, they obviously have to win this game. In order to make something of their season, they have to win this game. Um, you know, they could lose to a, a better opponent next playoff game, but this game they have to win. This is an inferior opponent. Uh, they should dominate. They're way more talented all over the field. This should be a no-brainer for Philly. Yeah. Side note, how in the hell is this the Monday night game? What like Philly? I mean, but like what's happening? We have Green Bay, Dallas, LA, Detroit. I, I fully expected the Detroit Rams game to be on Monday yeah. night. And mm-hmm. I was I was dreading that. And we have Miami and Casey on Peacock. Yep. Of a of a league that does superb marketing and distribution of its product this is not a good setup no but nonetheless all right are you guys ready to make some money brandon you ready let's do it i know i'm ready oh we're still waiting Ah, here it comes (laughs) it's time for Bet your nuts. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I, uh, <laughs> I keep my mouse. Well, I was bragging. We, we, we let we let you control the graphics for one week, and you mess it all up. Easy, I screwed it up. 
but we're back. Um, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome to World Famous Bet Your Nuts. This is what we have been waiting for all year long. So we have, and I wouldn't say purposefully or recklessly, but we have, you know, speculated on some gambling. But now we're focused. Now we are ready for these NFL playoffs. Bet big and bet often. So we are starting with Cleveland at Houston, aforementioned. Ugly logo teams. Um, <laughs> Cleveland is minus two and a half over under 44 and a half. Um, Mr. Midwest, we'll let you start. I'm assuming that's me. Um, that is you. Um, Brandon mentioned other it. of us live in Tennessee. Uh, Brandon, Brandon mentioned it uh, earlier. Joe Flacco. Has come in here, has changed the outlook of the Cleveland Brown offense. Uh, He's a proven winner. His Super Bowl run with the Ravens happened all on the road, and he he played outstanding in that run. I think this is a scenario with a young quarterback, even though C.J. Stroud has been unreal this year. Um, I like the leadership of Joe Flacco, the experienced Joe Flacco, and the defense led by the most dynamic defensive player in the NFL, Miles Garrett. I think this is a game where Cleveland comes in, uh, d- doesn't win by a much. I, I two and a half. I think that's kind of a sucker's bet. Uh, so I will take Cleveland here, uh, maybe by a field goal. But um, credit goes to Houston. What D'Amico Ryan's been able to do. Uh, in one year as their coach with a rookie quarterback. But I, I think Cleveland comes out on top. Go Brown. Since I'm hosting, I'm going to cheat off of Brandon's scorecard. And Brandon knows C.J. Stroud more than anyone else. Brandon, who do you like in this game? <laughs> uh, this is a tough one for me because I'm I'm all about the Flacco comeback here. And that's that's a great story. Uh, and they're, they're so good on defense and that that's been, you know, what's kept them in it through the beginning of the season, uh, pre Flacco. So that being said, I still love what Houston's doing. I love that offense. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty tight game that they're probably right on with that two and a half one way or another field goal game, but I think it's going to be the Texans to take it down. Give me that. All right. I'm going – I feel like you guys are saying there's going to be a lot of points. So I'm riding with you guys. I'm going over 44.5. I think they're each in the twin mid-20s. I'm going over 44.5. Who are you going um, to take? You're not going to make a pick? No, my bet is over. Oh, you're going to – oh, you're going to – that's a cop out. Oh, pick a we side. Pick, we pick the winners. Let's go. Well, no, I'm, I'm making our fans money. Okay, if I have to pick one, um, I like the over two. But pick. 
Yeah, did we change your format uh, with without? What, what, you know, see, Robbie did. He threw in all the overs. I just noticed. That. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not confident. I'm not, I'm not confident anymore. My game. This is what you do when you don't like either side. You just pick it over or another. Uh, okay, for for my pick, I guess I'm going as well as Flacco's playing. There's something special about CJ Stroud. Um, I'm and I'm going to Houston. Uh, damn it! Now you're making my fans lose money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we got the blizzard. We got negative thirty degree temperatures. We've got the Dolphins at the Chiefs. Chiefs minus four over under forty four. If we're allowed to bet that, but apparently not. You can, but you got to can. Um, so this is, um. If you guys have been following, I have all kinds of issues with the Chiefs and Taylor's boyfriend, and he cost me a bunch of money this year. But um, I don't trust the Dolphins and the cold. Um, I know it's cold for both teams. And I don't know, even if you live in the Midwest, you're not used to playing in negative 30-degree weather. You're definitely not. That's like 100 degrees from Miami. So... I'm going irrational. I'm taking the Chiefs minus four just because uh, weather. Chain, what do you like? Is Taylor going to be there or not going to be there? Do we know? Because that heavy I have not heard. I, I know her tour kicks off in Europe. I don't think it has yet, though. I I haven't heard. Have you heard Tom one way or the other? No, I no. Well. Let's just give this disclaimer then. I'm going to take the Chiefs unless Taylor Swift is going to be there. Oh, <laughs> Taylor Swift is there. Okay. So, Casey. And this will be a game time decision. Without if, Taylor. Without Taylor. If Taylor's there, give me Miami. Okay. We got, we got, we got, Brandon is getting some paparazzi on us <laughs> before he can make his bets. Tom, what do you got? So kickoff, according to theweatherchannel.com, at kickoff at 8 p.m., zero degrees. Minus the wind chill. Just fucking zero degrees. So um, (laughs) both teams stink right now. Let's face it. So it's a – what's the lesser of two evils here? The Miami Dolphins' defense is depleted. They've lost both of their starting outside linebackers. Is Xavier Howard going to play? He didn't last week. So I, I think they're so banged up on the defensive side. And something's wrong with Tua. Something He has not looked right. Uh, the only one that seems to really get it going is the running game, like I talked about earlier. And I think that will come into play here. Um, but I'm looking at a very low-scoring game. Um, we'll take the under here because I don't I don't think there's any chance in the world that the over hits. And I will I will say Kansas City because it's home cooking and because the 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 injuries that Miami has on the defensive side of the ball. I'm I'm editing my picks to mock Brandon's picks. I, I'm doing the same Taylor dependency. <laughs> yes. So I'm copying him. Um, all right, Steelers at Buffalo. Buffalo, big number in the playoffs, minus 10, 10 points. But, again, 
crazy weather. A game may be moved. DJ Watt not playing. Yeah, JJ Watt not playing. Um, and then I th- there was some crazy stat. They're like one and nine or one and ten without him. Yeah, I can help you with this whole T and J thing that yeah, you're struggling well, with. One looks like this, and the other is like that. So TJ Watt, not JJ. Yeah. Oh, TJ. Yeah, TJ. JJ's well, retired. If you want to see my handwriting, you'll understand. That. Well, you're an, you're an attorney. You're like a doctor. I mean, yeah. you're the only one that can read your handwriting. I, I am a doctor, just a jurist. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, Tom, who do you got? This game. Let's look at the facts. Buffalo Bills four weeks ago were the. Tenth seed in the AFC. They're the two seed now. Uh, luck of the draw. Uh, some really bad teams they played. Now they're the East champs, number two seed. Ten points is a lot. It's a lot. But not having TJ Watt is huge. And I don't know how durable Mason Rudolph will be able to stay. Uh, will he still be able to throw for 300 yards like he let, has in the past couple of days? I'm not sure. If this game is played in Buffalo, I will take Buffalo minus 10. And clearly, uh, if it's in Buffalo, I'll take the under. If this game is played in Cleveland, which it's rumored to be, I will take I will take Steelers to cover with the over. Ooh. Weather's that important, huh? I do I well when you're talking about the amount of snow that could be produced here, yeah. But like we said earlier, I think there's gonna be a lot of Steelers, a lot of terrible towels in uh, Paul Brown Stadium. So Brandon, what do you got? I I kind of like where Tom's head was at on that, but I still like Buffalo, man. Um, I think Tom has done a phenomenal job, and um, what's his name, uh, quarterback for the Steelers? Oh, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, yeah, yeah. And he stepped in, but he kind of reminds me of a. Almost Baker Mayfield kind of um, – oh, God, I'm losing my train of thought. What's the uh, Amish rifle dude used to – he played for Buffalo for a while. He played for the Titans. Um, anyway, nor here there, nor Flutie? there. Doug Flutie? No. Um, big beer. Oh, my God. I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, I like Buffalo no matter where it's played. Minus 10. Give me Buffalo. Did we lose Robbie? It looks like he's frozen. Robbie is frozen. He heard zero degrees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep this train on the track. We'll go back to Robbie if he gets back in there. Let me go ahead and uh, pull him off the screen there. I'll be able to see if he comes back on. Uh, we'll head we'll head over, or I should say, down to Dallas, Gary's mm-hmm. world with a. Packers, the resurgent Packers, led by Jordan Love, who has been outstanding the last few weeks. Uh, I think I heard a stat four weeks, 18 touchdown passes to one 
interception. He's looked really good. Uh, and it kind of started right around Thanksgiving when they came into Ford Field and took took apart my Lions. But um, seven and a half. Dallas has been a little iffy. They um, asterisically won the game against the Lions a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's a big number. Uh, Brandon, what do you got in this one? It is a big number. Uh, this is do or die for Dallas. You know, they fooled me all year long. Every time I would bet against them because I think they'd choke, they would come out and dominate. Every time I think they would dominate, they would come out and choke. So I have no idea. Um, but as you said, Green Bay has been pretty solid as of late. Um, we've talked about this several times. Does, does Green Bay have the system of a quarterback, you know, building production working for them because it, it seems to continually happen so it's crazy how that is it is so crazy and jordan love looks like one of the you know best 10 quarterbacks in the league right now so um almost better than dak in my opinion in some cases so this is a tough one but i think dallas gets it done it's at dallas in jerry's world um Give me, give me Dallas seven and a half. Sorry, guys, my power just went out. So. Oh, geez. Yeah. Are you on the South Lion grid? It's crazy. Yeah, storms <laughs> going on here. Oh, geez. When I, you want to go back to uh, your Buffalo and Steelers pick? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Give me Buffalo minus ten. Also. Okay. And then, did we do Dallas? Do we grab Dallas Green Bay? Uh, Brandon gave his. I'll, I'll go with my pick here. Okay. Um, I was not impressed. I have not been impressed with Dallas. I think they've only got two wins all year against teams above 500. Um, Green Bay's got a sneaky good front defense. And the Lions got to him a couple weeks ago and forced him to make some mistakes. And the way Jordan loves playing – He's got escapability. He's got the ability to make some plays. Aaron Jones has been playing good football the last two weeks. I do think Dallas wins this game. I, I'm taking Green Bay to cover. I think this game's close. This could be a big game, big uh, competitive game, maybe the most competitive game of the weekend. Uh, I'll go the under here uh, in Green Bay with the points. Yeah, I have this line being crazy off. Um, and I think it's going to change by you know, like by I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay wins this thing. It um, wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me either. So I'm hundred percent taking Green Bay plus seven and a half. Um, if you want to tease it down to two point five, uh, or why would you do that? I, did he did he lose one point five? Whatever the T's works, or Jordan Love is coming into his own. There's going to be like yes, these are professional athletes and they deal with pressure. There's going to be so much pressure in this building on Sunday, mm -hmm. like like from the top to the the I mean the top of the organization to the top of the guy girl sitting in the nosebleed. So much pressure is going to be on this game. So I like Green Bay. Ooh. 
And puppies. That Daisy's in the background likes. Sorry. Like she likes. No, she, she did not like the pick at all. <laughs> it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Amish Fitz, rifle. Come Fitz on. Magic. He played with yeah. 17 teams. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone's had a ride on Fitz Magic. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Oh, here we go. Um, I guess, besides the Cleveland-Houston matchup, one of the closest spreads of the weekend, the emotional game of the weekend, a hot team coming in, two young hotshot coaches, um, different philosophies on how to skin the cat, though. And uh, it's in Detroit. The crowd's going to be emotional, but madness. So uh, we'll let Tom go last. Um, I'll give what I think. I think this one's close. I think Detroit has more weapons, though. And I think that they just, even though both defenses are, or the Lions defense is weak, I don't think golf makes mistakes. And so I think that the, the, the Lions edge it out and honestly i think this is a push game at three um so i will take the over indoor game in the playoffs brandon i don't disagree with that analysis i think it's going to be a close game for sure it a lot of emotions back and forth with stafford and that all going on um but i still i mean both teams have a lot of weapons um i, I think this could be a high scoring game so i i do like the over here but i think it's detroit's time i think they get it done i'm gonna take detroit minus three tom what you just heard should terrify you <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked for my Michigan Wolverines. That is true. Well, no, but I picked Washington. Uh, well, so I—I I mean, do you want me to go ahead? You, all right, okay, okay. I'll give you the victory. I'll take the Chargers plus three. Chargers. Congratulations on your win. The Chargers. We're playing the Rams. Oh, the Rams. Sorry. Rams, yeah. No wait. No, no. Los Angeles Rams. Rams, Rams, Rams. Did I hate. Go out or did did something go out up top? Too much I hate. No, I no, hate he, those... ty- he typed LAC instead of LAR. Oh, oh yeah. he did. He did. I hate those yeah. two that teams. What you meant. And those two logos are so similar. Yeah, they are. They. Oh yeah. All right, go on. Who do you want? Yeah. So, so, so yes. Yeah. The storyline is is Stafford comes back to Detroit. I think the bigger storyline is. Jared Goff going up against McVay, who left him to die. And left him to die with a third stringer starting. And uh, Goff was forced to have to play in a playoff game in Seattle with a broken thumb. And he won. This game means so much to Jared Goff. He's on the precipice of maybe a contract extension here in Detroit. He's got a lot of weapons. And all indications are Sam Laporta is going to play. 
He was full participant in practice today. No structural damage to the knee. Everything looks like he's gonna he's gonna play. So it looks like Detroit should have their full allotment on the field. Jamison Williams will be suited up. Our the Lions number nine will be an impactful player. The emotions are gonna be incredible. Uh, I think that will dictate the way the game plays early. But once the dust settles, once people get in their seats and the, the game starts to go, I like Detroit here. They are uh, 3-0 and primetime, 4-0 and primetime, I believe, now uh, after Denver's game. Dan Campbell's got him ready to go. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson said he didn't come here to win one playoff game. He came here to hang banners. Uh, they're ready. James Houston is back. The book end to Aiden Hutchinson. He's back. I think they chase Stafford around the field a little bit, force him to make some mistakes. And the Lions win this game. First home playoff game in 32 years victory. But I think it's a lower scoring uh, contest than a lot of people think. I'm going to take the under in this one. Go Lions. Forward down the field with the under. I just like how y'all have been looking at this document for two days and have seen the LAC sitting there and didn't bother to correct me. Then I say it on live TV. I I say it on live on live TV, and y'all both pounce on me. Sorry, I got the LA teams. Well, I don't know. I don't. I'm just just. Let me show you something here, real quick. Let me show you something. It's the Rams. It's the Rams. Well, it looks like the goddamn Chargers. It's all the same. <laughs> well, what does the Chargers logo look bolt. like? A lightning bolt. Anyways, all right. We're moving on. Moving, to, moving, moving on. on to two teams that I know are not confused. Oh. We got the Eagles and the Tampa the Bay. Booby, this is why it's on Monday. It's the booby prize. It's the shit matchup of the weekend. So yeah, is it, yeah. Nobody so, wants uh, to watch it. So Jalen Hurts versus Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't know. Who wants to go first? Who cares about this game? Go ahead, Brandon. Um, I will not be betting on this game, but if you are a degenerate and just are jonesing on Monday night and have to have a pick, who am I kidding? I'm going to be betting on this game. Give me Tampa Bay plus three. This, this is your make your money back. back, back, yeah. back. That's right. This is where you win it all back. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay plus three. They're going to shock the world. Oh, Tampa plus three. What about the uh, the over, under? Uh, in order for Tampa to win, I think it's got to be a high-scoring game. So, yeah, give me over 43 and a half. That kid's is a parlay destined to lose. <laughs> um, I will take the Eagles minus three, even though they suck right now. And I just don't see how Baker Mayfield can score that much. Mike Evans. How'd they win the division? I'm going under that kids. They won the division. They won the division because they play in the NFC South. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. The Philadelphia Eagles are a team that's revolting against their coach. It was evident three weeks ago when Nick Sirianni decided to absolutely lambaste one of his players on the field, on camera, to the point that uh, 
Devian Smith, not Devian Smith, uh, Devontae Smith got in Sirianni's face to say, you need to cool it, coach. Sirianni jumped on him. The locker room is broken. It's evident. Jalen Hurts, uh, pardon the pun, is hurt. I think when they lose Monday night, it's going to come out that he's got got a, a bad bright knee, the same knee that media has been addressed to not talk about. So I like Tampa Bay here. I like Baker at home in prime time. The Eagles have lost five of their last six. And don't think that it's any coincidence that the former head of the Detroit Lions, the old regime, Matt Patricia, took over play calling duties the same time the Philadelphia Eagles started crapping the bed. So that guy's terrible. I'm going to take the Bucks and the under, and Nick Sirianni will be fired next Tuesday morning. Book it. Book it. Triple parlay. Book it. All right. Yep. There we go. All right, boys. Before we finish up here, we have our final thought segment. Or final words. Final words. <laughs> you do that every time. <laughs> well, that's that's words. You know, yeah, words. Awesome. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Word, I words think words are type, thoughts are thought. But anyways, <laughs> final sayings. Um, we will let Tom finish because finish last because he has got the championship genes in him now. Brandon, we'll start with you. Uh, final thoughts, words. Uh, man, what a just crazy week it's been in sports um team i dislike the most wins the national championship then then you got black monday through thursday it, it's just been crazy uh it never disappoints off seasons and now with nil and transfer portal i mean excitement in college is really competing with NFL um, just in, in news and media for sure. As far as, you know, daily um, shockers that are happening. So um, college football, NFL football, never disappoints, but uh, we are winding down on that. So we are going to have a little bit of a buffer season. We got some golf kicking off. We got basketball, college basketball, so um, still going to be entertaining here. We, we always come up with some really good uh, topics and off the sports topics as well. So everyone stay tuned. Um, we'll still be entertaining for sure. But uh, yeah, going to miss football when it goes. Um, well said, well said. Yeah, my final thoughts or words <laughs> are... Uh, Look, like so this time, at least in uh, my my circle, is we move from Brandon has heard this. Most people, most ball fans, move on to basketball season as soon as the last game is uh, played in football. Football fans, basketball is not the same as football. 
Tennessee can lose some. Like it's not the end of the world. You get better and you try to strive. Like it's not a catastrophe every time you lose. And it's not about just March. Like just if you want to be a basketball fan, I welcome all basketball fans. Please come enjoy the sport. But don't be ignorant about it. Like watch, watch some games. Watch some games prior to the game you watched or after the game you watched. Don't just get so fixated and opinionated on stuff you know nothing about. Um, and that goes for the people that sit behind me every day in Thompson Bowl. Yeah, I was about to say, this is coming. This is this is coming from somewhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, like just stop. Good God. Uh, it's a long season. Take your time. You can get better or worse. Uh, but anyways, uh, Tom, I want to end with this. Man, congratulations um, on Michigan winning the championship. Um, and Michelle, if you're watching still, congratulations to you as well. You've been a great guest, and y'all uh, have deserved this ride. Y'all have been on. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, it's uh, It was a long road, and uh, never thought I'd ever see the day, but here we are. But this, this week, I'm going to take a little turn. Uh, my final words, words uh, are, I should say, my final beef in this situation is with the NFL. So we have a chain of movie theaters. I don't know if you guys have them. They're called the Imagine Movie Theaters. Um, it, it, it's one of the first ones that started serving <laughs> alcohol in the, movies, in the theaters. Yeah. Um, big, big chain here. Real nice, you know, setup, whatever. So they, they were going to have free screening of the Lions Rams playoff game on Sunday. And they've been advertising for free admittance. You know, obviously you're going to pay through the nose for pop popcorn and drinks and whatnot, but it was giving people a, a way to come in and watch the game with fellow fans that maybe necessarily didn't want to go to a bar or whatnot. Well, the, the NFL caught wind of it and put the kibosh to it. Said they don't have the, 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 the rights to broadcast the game on their screen. So the last week they've been kind of pumping it up. Uh, so now they have to change their plans and they're not allowed to show the uh, show the game. So I've got a problem with, with that. I think the NFL tends to kind of crack the whip a little bit too hard in some situations. And, and for a fan base that's been absolutely starved and the, the numbers came out this week, the, this is the most expensive wild card playoff ticket in the history of the wild card round uh the lions rams because uh, of obvious reasons so maybe not everybody could get a ticket maybe not everyone could afford to go to the game so this gives an opportunity to to watch with fellow fans uh, they kind of took that away from a lot of people there's a lot of people that might not have the ability to watch the game at all on tv uh and the nfl came in and and drop the hammer on it. And I just think it's, it's a bad look by the NFL, a, a, a league that has had a lot of bad looks this, this year with uh, horrible officiating and, and their, their, uh, their overseas games and their Saturday night Peacock playoff game, like we mentioned earlier. So I think the NFL needs to um, back off a little bit and, and let this fan base have something. And uh, they took it from a lot away from a lot of people. So I just think, Final words today are, you know what, NFL, you need to pump the brakes a little bit. Very well said. Um, 
Well, thank you guys for watching. Subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, X slash Twitter, Instagram, another little dot I don't know, and Spotify. <laughs> What's the purple one? Uh, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Do that. And then we will soon, I think, we'll be on millions.co. And uh, so we'll, we'll be looking for us for there shortly, I think. Um, but yes, thank you guys for watching. We will have a show next week, as of course, and we will discuss all of our winning bets and we'll let you know. But thank you guys for watching. We know it was a long show, but everything was important. We try to shrink as much as we can, but this was just a show where so much has happened this week. Yep. We had to get it in. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Tom. And everyone have a good night and happy Wild Card Weekend. Go Lions! Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation.